Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. How's everybody feeling? I don't like this cord. I feel like if I want to run out, I can't like... <laughs> I'm like tethered with this thing. Um, I'm trying to decide where to start. There's just been so much that's been stirring. Um, but tonight, what what we really felt led to do was um, that I would really set the stage and kind of prepare our minds and, and reorient our minds in order to uh, really transition into what Apostle Tanya is going to release. Did you did you want to talk about that first or no? Um, what she's going to release has to be predicated upon something. It has to be based upon something first. We can't just go into what she's about to release. And so we really felt led that that it needed to be prefaced. And something that she and I talked about after uh, last Friday was, do we still have the picture on the other side of that? So we've been, we've been looking at this image So we've been looking at this image and it's kind of cool because God's been kind of developing this image for us to, to help us understand um, kind of where we're at and the magnitude of where we're going. And it's really cool because Apostle Tanya, after last week's service, said that God had shown her that kind of the next development of this picture that we've been looking at is not another pillar, it's not another step, but the foundation for the next place that we're going is honor which is a combination of gratitude and humility. And we, you know, we've been thinking about this all week. We've been praying about it. We've been just kind of meditating on this. And it's really cool to come into service because you can see that, and this is kind of what we're going to get into a little bit here. You can see that God is speaking to everybody in the manner that she talked about, that we would encounter things before we come. They would make sense. That, that we would witness things before they're even spoken. And so tonight with Missy's prayer and with Gabby and Jacob um, opening up, more things were clarified to me in those few moments about what God's been saying as a family. That's a cool thing. And so what I want to break down is the aspect of honor and what is it that's going to carry us? What is it that's going to drive us over the threshold the door that we're talking about. Go up and knock on the door, right? Gabby talked about how it may be challenging. There's an invitation, a small invitation. If you sit in the back, sit in the front. And we could see the struggle. We could all feel the struggle, right? On some level, it's like, well, I don't know. I moved over like two seats, right? Because I can't sit on the floor. I can't, I'm just not that flexible. And I don't want to sit in the back either. So... 
when we talk about crossing the threshold, I want to talk about and prepare everyone. What is it that's going to get us to cross the threshold, practically speaking? And so when we talk about humility, and if you want to, when were you, do you just want to let me know when you're going to do that? Okay. <laughs> so honor, honor is an interesting thing. And, and I think a lot of times we think uh, honor is, is, you know, uplifting somebody or opening the door for somebody. And, and in this case, um, when we talked about, she mentioned Joshua and Caleb. And in Numbers 13, verse 30, Caleb said regarding entering the promised land, there was 12 spies, if we remember, that went in. Joshua and Caleb were the only one that felt like they could go in and conquer the promised land as they were commanded to do, right? Ten of them came back and said, it's just too much for us to do. We can't possibly conquer it. So Caleb said, uh, we must go in at once for we can certainly do it. And before I've preached about this and we've talked about the boldness of saying we must go at once, the boldness to the point to where he quieted an entire nation of people. When he said we must go at once, everybody in the nation got quiet. And I've preached about that. But what I want to focus on is the part where he says, for we can certainly do it. Because they weren't just looking at the promised land and the giants that were there, I believe the perspective that Joshua and Caleb were coming from was God's providence leading up to that point. The providence of God that they had experienced and witnessed leading up to that point is the reason why he said, for we can certainly do it and we must go at once. It wasn't so much so that he was fixated on what was to come it was because he was fixated on what already took place. And so I want to talk about God's providence for a second. God's providence, and I can give you the scriptures for all these later, but his providence is something that provides for his creatures. It prospers the saints, protects the saints, delivers the saints, leads the saints, brings his word to pass, order the way, orders the ways of men, ordaining the conditions and circumstances of men determining the period of human life, defeating wicked designs, overruling wickedness for good, preserving the course of nature, directing all events down to the minutest of matters. So God's providence is something that is, is, is intimately intertwined in your entire life. And when we go back to honor and we're talking about gratitude and humility, this is what I felt like the Lord needed us to, to realize that's important, is that as we cross the threshold, as we come to the door, what is going to get us to, to press through the threshold, regardless of anything we might feel at the current time? And what it is, is we need to focus on everything God's done with an attitude of gratitude and humility leading up to the door. Like when I think about just the things I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for my wife, I'm thankful for my house, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at all the, all the nonsense that's going on right now. I'm not, I'm not trying to be woke level 5,000 about social justice and, and, and the, the, the false crown virus, which by the way, have you guys heard that we're the, the leader on the planet for the false crown virus? There's something about that. 
But we're not fixated on that because I'm not, I'm not trying to discern is it something we can defeat or not. If I position myself looking back and I'm honoring and I'm, and I'm gracious and I'm thankful for what God's done and everything for his providence, everything he's done, it's going to position me that when I get to the door, no matter what I see, I'm going to say, surely we can do this because I'm thankful for everything God did. I'm not focusing on what's ahead. And when you do that, God literally affixes you to the forefront of his providence. It made me think he gave me the image of a train with the, uh, with the, with the iron plow on the front that plows through snow, it plows through dead animals or whatever obstruction is on the track. It's like that. God is affixing us to his providence. Whatever his providence is doing, however it's operating, you're at the forefront of it. And basically what this is going to do, this is a distinction that God is going to make. If we're a people that focus with an attitude of, of gratitude and humility and we focus on everything, every single thing that God has done, when we get to the door, when we're at the forefront of his providence, we're all of a sudden going to push through into a place where we're already there. We're already there. And this is the distinction I want to make that I think he's, he's showing us in this time is that as we prepare for this new era and this new age, it's what he's looking at is if somebody can operate that way in honor and gratitude and humility, if they can operate that way, then he knows that in the new age, when signs and wonders come, when the dove descends, when the Holy Spirit comes in a whole new way, he knows that the people that showed him honor in the past are going to glorify him in the new age. Right? If we, if we get to the door and we're like, not focusing on everything that he did. And ultimately, we're thinking that somehow we're causing ourselves to get to that place. Then we're not going to give him all the glory when the Holy Spirit descends in a whole new way. Because we're not causing, we're not causing ourselves to get to this place. We're not causing a new age. We're aligning with a new age. So God's providence is, is something that we need to focus on. And Caleb said, for we can certainly do it. And I firmly believe it wasn't because he was measuring the giants versus the promises. He wasn't weighing what was happening. He was looking at everything that God had done with the confidence of no matter what it is, his providence, we can surely do it. Amen. I'm trying to see how I want to um, how I want to do this, so I might need some helpers. But basically, what I'm wanting is I want to I want to operate under um, I want to operate under a couple of things that I believe that are coming. But in order for us to understand it, I wanted to be able to give an example of it, uh, just to kind of catapult off of what he's saying. We're going to get into some things tonight. <laughs> And I'm not quite sure uh, when Missy just granted me permission, I just want you guys to know this is extremely uncomfortable for me because it's teaching night. And I want my T's crossed and my I's dotted and I want it to make sense and I wanna research it and I wanna make sure that it's all just put in the box <laughs> so that when I present it, you guys feel comfortable so that I, I 
give what I have in a box and then I give it to you in a box and then everything just stays in a box and everything's pretty and then we go home and you got taught and, and it's teaching night. <laughs> well, he's making me really uncomfortable because he says, what I'm shifting you into is I want you to begin to release out of experience and then teaching will come. And that is uncomfortable for me because I'm wanting to know in the house if there's permission for me to just release some things. Here's why. Because we are in an age, and I'm going to get into that, we are in a place where it's time for us to have some conversations about some things. Meaning what it is that I release is not black and white. What it is that I release is not the new doctrine. What I release is not necessarily what I'm saying it's even going to be, but it causes us to have some conversations. It causes us to think. It causes us to begin to start to see things from a different perspective, from a different seat. And so can we have permission that what comes out of my mouth is not then uh, resisted. Well, what, well, what about this and what about this? I don't know. But can we have a conversation about it? Is it worth having a conversation? And I'm going to get to why this house, uh, why this house is going to be operating that way. So I just want to preface tonight that what is going to be released has not necessarily been studied for the last ten years. It's not something that I've been engaging in. It might be engaging in for the last three days. It's that hot off the press. But it's also not necessarily new what I released last week. There's something you're going to hear you already knew, which is why I said you need to begin to engage because it's not anything that you're going to be like, what? It's stuff that we have been engaging in, but he's beginning to put some context to some things. So while we thought that we were going to move on and we were going to teach about the next pillar and the next floor, what I feel like what the goal for tonight is I want to give some context to some things. And I have two goals. He has two goals through me. Okay? The two goals is I want you to feel very small. Okay? I want you to be super, super small. But here's what I mean by that. Missy said it perfect. If I'm in the palm of his hand and I am a speck within his hand and it's opening up galaxies and that's just his hand, does that not operate in a place of humility? I want to be so small that I'm not so consumed because I want to know my story for such a time as this and why am I here right now? And could I get us in a position to know our story in context from Adam to right now? Because when you do that, it kind of just shakes off the daily crud. If I say that you're a part of something that is going to take 200 years to establish, if I said something that we're operating in right now is going to take about a couple centuries to establish, wouldn't you kind of just feel a little... We don't have to accomplish everything like tonight and by next week because we have about 200 years to accomplish the word. Okay? When that happens, it kind of just releases some things. Here's what I mean by release some things. I had two practical things that I want to do tonight. The first one, I want to release this announcement now. Um, next week is our community awareness night. Right? He's changing that, and he gave me the verbiage to be heaven awareness night. And I'm super uncomfortable because 
even a year ago, it was easy to say, we need to start shifting our mindsets, guys. And we need to start thinking about the community and not ourselves. And he's already moving us beyond that. He's already moving us. You can't even think to change the community if you haven't heard from me first. And when I say heard from me first, it doesn't mean be taught the word. That's something you can do at home. We're going to be releasing some things. And then what I'm seeing as early as next week is our heaven awareness night where we're going to practice engaging heaven together. Okay. So we're going to basically corporately engage in some things that I'm going to talk about tonight. Because if we do not learn how to engage his heart, his word, if we don't know what he's saying, we're going to then just repeat the whole process again and go and establish some things in our little community. And it's going to be program-based and man-based and not heaven-based. So before we start talking about community awareness, we're going to start talking about heaven awareness. And we're going to begin to practice what that looks like. Okay? All right. So that's the first thing. Second thing is I want to talk about trading. So I don't know if you guys can help me if we can do this, but there are 500s, 20s, 100s, 10s, and I just want everyone to have kind of a mix of all of it. Can you guys help me with that? Just pass that all out. I want everyone to kind of have a handful, so pass them out. How are you guys doing with that announcement? You guys okay to come next week? And I would encourage you to bring whatever it is that you need to be able to just, uh, there will be some, some releasing and then we're gonna, and then we will move into uh, practicing. And I'll explain what that's gonna mean and what that's gonna look like and what we're gonna break off tonight to be able to do it. All right, you guys all have some money? So obviously, yes, Jason. The second, oh, to make you small, and then now I don't know. I said two things, accomplish. I want to, yeah, I want you to be very, very small. And, oh, and then the other uh, goal is, is to put all of this in context. I want to bring some context before we begin building anymore. I want to put us in this. I want us to put, I want our small little bodies in context to the big picture so that we understand a little bit more about this. Okay. Can I say a couple things about honor really quick? What I believe where we're going, the floor that we're going to operate in, which is why you guys have money. We've talked about the trading floors. The floor that we are going to walk on is going to be founded on honor. Here's why. The scripture says, and I'm going to read it. It's Proverbs 25. It is the honor of God to conceal a matter and the honor of kings to search it out. That means, that scripture means, first of all, have any of you guys heard that scripture or have you just read it and said that sounds really good? Okay, there's Yahweh in that scripture and then there's you in that scripture. Yes? 
This was, this was uh, wisdom that was given to those who would rule and reign as kings. So Proverbs 25, verse 2, it is the honor of Yahweh to conceal a matter, and it is your honor to open that door and go and find it. So what that's saying is, is that there is a level of honor that he wants you to remain in the mysterious place, which means you're not supposed to say, I know it all. Okay? There is an honor when you are small in his story and you stay in the mysterious place when you stay in that mysterious place there is an honor that comes it allows you to walk first of all i'm going to say a couple things that might seem a little bit weird but we're going to we're going to get into that honor is a being not just a concept okay honor can walk through the earth you can engage honor you can learn from honor okay honor walks with gratitude and humility. So when you are operating in a mysterious place, there's an aspect where you are honored to go out and search those things with gratitude, thankful, which is thankfulness and humility, okay? So tonight we're gonna bring some context to everything and we're also going to show how small we are in the picture and because of how small we are, how empowering that is for such a time as this and why we're here. Does that make sense? Okay. I don't know where to start. Okay, trading floors. You guys have money. This is what I want to start activating in us, okay? This is obviously monopoly money. And I did this for a purpose because I wanted it to be a prophetic act of something that is to come. Because I was concerned that if we used real money or I told you to go and get more of your money after trading and tithing and offering and all that kind of stuff, there would be an immediate cap of, well, I'm going to start looking inward and see what I have. I have nothing to trade. I have nothing to give, so I'm just going to zone out that aspect of it. Because there are kingdom principles that we have not even tapped into. We've learned about tithing, we've learned about offering, and we've learned about first fruits. We haven't really engaged in trading as much. So I'm concerned when I bring up trading and we start talking about money or finances, that it's immediately going to stop the process because we're going to think about, well, what do I have to trade, especially if we don't know who we are. Okay? So this is a representation of a free gift to you. Okay, I understand it's monopoly money, but this is a prophetic symbol of what is coming or the provision he's talking about. You did nothing to get this, correct? Besides come here. So if you're on live, you might want to come here, which I want to speak that. Uh, well, remind me to speak about the attraction to Flagstaff, okay? This is a free gift. You did nothing to receive it, Right? This was something that Yahweh spoke to me. It was a revelation that I got. I brought something, we, we obtained something, and I freely gave all that was given to me, all that I have is now given to you, okay? Everything that I have is now yours. Is that not a concept of who he is? He gets, he gets this idea and he, he begins to dispense all that he has and you did nothing to, to receive it. You, could, you didn't work for it, you, didn't, you, didn't, you don't deserve it, you don't, you, all we, what, you opened the door, you showed up, okay? So now all that he has is in your hands. Now here's what you get to do with that. As I begin to release, 
I want you to trade into the words that come out of my mouth. When you want what comes out of my mouth, you're going to take whatever it is that you feel out of your hand and you're going to basically throw it onto the trading floor. What it's going to do is two things. It pulls something out of him. He's inside of me. I've got to let him out. So when you say amen or you put your hand up or you do something like that, that movement and that activation begins to pull on it. We've done this before where you guys would run up, but the way that you would run up was you would give your tither, your offerings, and you would run up in the middle. What I want to do is I just want to begin to have fun with that where you just begin to say, I want that. And you begin to throw all that he's given you out to him to trade and say, I want to trade into that. It's an immediate transaction. I trade, I give into that, and I immediately receive, okay? I've seen this operate in certain areas. I've never seen it before, and it is absolutely powerful when they say something, and you could just tell it just hits you in a certain way of, whoa, that's going to change my life. And all of a sudden, I see somebody go like this. And all of a sudden, it pans out, and there is just absolute provision and financial I mean they are walking on honor they don't they don't accumulate it which is partly why I did monopoly money because I don't know how we're going to do this I know nobody else is using our building but we're going to leave it there we're going to create a trading floor so every time you walk begin to honor somebody poured out what was given to them onto the floor to receive that begin to walk on that trading floor here's what's happening there's a trading floor it's why Lucifer left Okay, I'm not going to get into that. But there was a trading floor. And what we're doing is we're reversing that curse by trading into what he says. Okay? So I want to activate that tonight by you being able to have that, that when something gets released and you want that, or you don't understand it and you want it, or you totally understand it, you just begin to trade into that. Okay? Does that make sense? Now, what it's going to turn into, I don't know. But eventually, I see, I see uh, earthly provision being just thrown and having fun with it. Here's why. Money doesn't matter, but what it says does. Okay? And that's not something that we're uh, afraid of or, or, or anything like that. But being able to trade into what's coming is what's going to be activated. We're going to create that trading floor. Amen? Okay. I'm going to say some words and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to flip this and I'm going to kind of draw it differently. Um, right here we have Hebrew versus Greek mindset, but what were some of the things that were below this line and what were some of the things that were above this line? Do you guys remember? Rescue is down here. What was up here? Adoption. What else was underneath here? And it doesn't have to be something we've talked about. Salvation. Mm. Cross. So what would be up here? Something that came to me, uh, I'm just going to write it up here and I just, want it to, I just want it to hit your spirits. I'm going to probably spell it wrong. I'm writing consumerism, production. 
I don't want to, uh, well, another word that came to me, if up to this point has been the redemption of mankind, could I venture to say that what's coming could be the dominion of mankind? So I just want us to see a little bit of that flip when we're talking about redemption, consumerism, cross, salvation, rescue, to adoption, to building, production, and dominion. Right? Does that make sense so far? Okay. I'm going to turn this board over and see if I can explain this. How are you guys doing? You guys okay? Um, something that I have, this is what I mean by not being able to teach, so I'm just gonna release. But something that I've been engaging in is the cosmos clock. It's in the scripture, it's called the Meseroth, and it has to do with constellations, okay? Now, what is so heart-wrenching about some of this stuff is because something that has stolen his creation has then made us fearful and has had a swing all the way on the opposite direction when we forget that it was his that he created. There was no time besides that time before a certain time. And now we say, well, I've got a digital clock at 720 and that's all that I know and I am not going to venture into anything else because that's what I've been told. But that is a new thing in comparison to the Cosmo clock that he operates in. So what I want to do tonight is I want to release some things based off the Cosmo clock. I'm not going to get into the teaching. There's 12 constellations. There are 12 tribes. Each tribe has a banner. They each have a constellation on their banner. You guys okay? There's also Genesis 1. When you begin to read it, it's a little bit different than we've ever known because we say, oh, he made the lesser light and the greater light, and then that must mean sun and moon. But it wasn't the moon because the moon doesn't permeate light. It's a reflection. So there's a mystery in there, and there's an honor to operate in that mystery. So now we're talking about stars. Then you move into Abraham, and he goes into his, his vision where he's told that, the, uh, I don't remember exactly how it said, but that the nations, your sons and daughters, will be as numerous as the stars, the illuminations. Where were you before you came here? And were you in Genesis 1 before Adam? Again, I'm not saying this is the new Apostles' Creed and this is black and white and this is exactly where we're going, but it causes for some conversation. If he knew you before your mother's womb and you're to be born again by, by water and by Ruach, there's more to it than what we know. So what I want to do is kind of bring the fullness of the whole, not the gospel, but the whole Bible into... Um, in, into tonight. Are you guys okay if I say I'm going to use the cosmos clock to show you some things? Tyler's face. Okay. We have Adam. 
mankind. Okay? I'm going to say this weird because I've been taking a Hebrew class and I've been learning how to say people's names the correct way. This is Avraham. Okay? Yeshua. Now. You guys okay? So far, right? We know this. Okay. In age, according to, uh, let me let me say this, and I'm oh, I'm probably gonna say it wrong. Astrology is not of the kingdom. Astronomy is. It's the science of His creation. Okay. So using His creation and astrology. Between these periods is what we're going to call an age. And typically, an age lasts about 2,100 years. I'm just going to say 2,000 to make it simple. Okay, so we've got Adam, mankind, 2,000 years later. Avraham, 2,000 years later. Yeshua, and where are we now? 2,000 years later. Okay, now... How many of us know that it wasn't just here and then clock tick and then into the next age, clock tick into the next age? The story of Yeshua alone was probably about a 200 year span, meaning it was about a hundred year transition. Then he shows up on the scene and we didn't really see something close until about 70 AD. So about another hundred years. So could I tell you that at each one of these there's about what we would call a transition into another age, right? There's a transition. It's not like we're in one age and then next age, right? There's a transition. That transition astronomically (laughs) is about anywhere between two and 300 years. That actually depends on the size of the constellation, but we won't get into that. But every transition is at least about 200 years. So when I say I want to make you small, if we are in an area where we are transitioning into a new era, or could I say a new age then we are only in the midst of about 200 years. It's going to take some time to establish the next way we, the next way we walk. That's what I mean by small. It doesn't mean that we have to accomplish anything right now. It means that you were born for such a time as this. I mean, for me, talk about honor and gratitude and humility. I'm so thankful that I wasn't born right there. How boring. I don't know about you guys. I don't think you would be in this room if, if you were, you are called to be a transitionary. You wouldn't be in this room if you were not called to be a transitionary. This gives me so much hope because of how small I am, and yet you birthed me for such a time as this when I could have just been part of the church world. And he's shifting everything, and he's basically going to be tearing it down, and he's going to be doing a new thing. And in a couple hundred years, there's going to be another Apostles' Creed, and everybody's going to walk the way that that transition chose to walk. I'm thankful that I was born right now because here's what's happening. You guys are in this crazy time. This is so exciting. (laughs) But you guys are in this crazy time where you are in a window where the old age is still open and the the new age is beginning to crack open. And you're in this weird transition where both doors are opening. Both doors are open, if that makes sense. Meaning, 
let, uh, let me see how to explain this. When 70 AD hit, this age was done. Let me say it this way, temple sacrifice, okay? Physically, the door closed, 70 AD, it couldn't be done anymore. Permission was granted to walk completely into the new, which was Yeshua. In the beginning, it was so torturous to the old age that they had to kill him to get him off the earth because what he was implementing was nothing that they knew. We're gonna get into what they knew and what he presented and I'm gonna get into what I think is gonna be presented. Okay. Is this making sense? Okay. But after about 100 AD, you were not the norm if you didn't believe in Yeshua. It's just a transition. Meaning at some point, all of us crazies, everybody's gonna walk like us crazies. <laughs> it's just we're really crazy right now because it's blasphemous to the old age. Absolutely blasphemous. Just like this was, just like this was. Okay, mankind operated a certain way. Avraham comes on the, on the scene and all of a sudden they figure out another way to sacrifice and it's not by their children. What? Okay, completely different, but it birthed an entire age of temple sacrifice. If I came to you today and took a, a, a lamb and chopped its head off and said, worship, you'd be like, that is demonic. But one age ago, it was holy, okay? So now what's gonna happen? You come in right now and you do some things, blasphemous, that's demonic, right? But one age ago, does, do you see the, the, what, what's happening here? So what I wanna do is I wanna instill this, um, let, let me say it different. If you try, let me say it differently. If you try to pull, the old age into the new age, it will become demonic. I, I don't know if demonic's the right word, but you understand what I'm saying. If I take the old into the Yeshua's age and start temple sacrificing, something's wrong, okay? If I pull the church age into what's to come, eventually something's gonna be wrong. But right now, we're wrong. Just like Yeshua was wrong. Just like Avraham was wrong. Okay? So, can we have some fun? Because we're just in the middle of 200 years, and this is me. This is my personal walk, okay? This is just me personally. This was me in the church age. Yes. Amen. Yes. Amen. Meaning, there was, there was an aspect where I was like sneaking out privately and having these encounters. I don't know what's happening over there. Yes, I will not be deceived. <laughs> I have goosebumps. Okay. Temple meetings hill meetings, right? Temple meetings. I really just want to hang out and, and catch some fish with Yeshua. Oh, we got to go to the temple. 
oh man, this guy's really cool. He's like spitting in people's faces and they're getting healed. Okay, yeah, go back to the temple, right? And then all of a sudden, now we've got the church age and this is normal. Okay, we're good? So when I say, can we have some fun? I want to say two things, okay? What's going to happen here is it's the only window that Yahweh opens up when you're allowed to question everything. You're not allowed to do it here. That's what Mohammed does. Every other religion, they show up on the scene outside of time. They're not in his windows. But in him, it's the open, it's the time to begin to say he's beginning to reveal himself in a way we've never known before. And it changes everything. Okay? Is this bringing some context to the story? Okay. So here's what I want to show you guys. Remember the picture over here? And the, and the what we maybe call temple? Right? Can I spiritually flip it and tip it 90 degrees? Okay? So now envision the floor, and here's our pillars. Right? We said rescue. We said salvation. Okay? Right? We said the redemption of mankind. Okay? And then we flip it, and we begin to prepare a foundation for what's to come. What's to come? I have no idea. But do you see what's happening here when we, when we are beginning to release that what's over here, flip it 90, de 90 degrees and see it in a timeline frame versus seeing it from a root, that's true too, but seeing it from mankind's perspective, what, what we've been describing this whole time has not been your issue that you needed to be rescued, but that that was the church age. Okay? Wrong? No. It will be if we keep pulling it in over here. If we don't recognize the times and the seasons, go back to Genesis 1, you are the ones, the light are the ones to govern the light and the seasons. You have a responsibility in this. Okay? So all of this that we've been describing and the power that has come from it has come from a place of recognizing without me even knowing it that what's been described, we've been feeling uh, an unction, right? Of, oh, there's something more than being rescued. And I thought it was for this little house. There's something more than being rescued. There's something more than being a consumer. Let's produce something. And all he's doing is he's saying, you are in an age where you are allowed to question everything that was because he's about to introduce something and you are the transitionaries to bring in the new age. Okay? So all that's been happening. So here's the thing. I just wanna, I just wanna, I just wanna throw this out there. Uh, I don't know if I should name the constellations. Nah. No, we're not going to get into that. Let's say you know somebody. They are called to end the church age well. Praise God. There is an honor 
that there are people that are going to go out with a bang and they are going to end that age well. Has the door completely shut to the church age? No. There are people who are called to absolutely run their race and end the church age with a bang. Praise the Lord. And we honor that. But there are ones that are not called to end the church age. They are called to transition into the new age. And may we honor that so that we may be honored to be given the baton and to be passed on and to run freely and not having to go like this. Could we be let go? Could we be released? Could it be that I could release some things and not get an email that I'm a heretic? Could it be some things that I could release some things and I not get demolished? Right? Because I'm going to honor. You want to end the church age? Well, praise the Lord. I just wasn't born for that. I just happened to be born for a transitional time because I want to wave in the new age. So I want to encourage you that I believe it's more than a new era. I believe a new age is coming. Okay? So I have to do some things when I release that. <laughs> How are you guys doing? I see some trading. Then now see, this is the thing. Instead of me saying, how are you guys doing? Does that make sense? I'll just look at the floor and be like, that was a good trade. If there's no trading, I'll be like, okay, I probably need to reel it in. <laughs> see how that works? Okay. I need to do a couple things. Okay. I want to speak on this a little bit, and then I think I'm going to go into what I'm wanting to release for you guys to understand a little bit of what I believe is coming. Again, does that mean we write it down into like this Apostles' Creed, and that's going to be the way that we walk? Everything that I say tonight, it's a, it's a hunch. It, it's an encounter. It's revelation. It's because it's worth having a conversation. We're in a great time right now where nothing is boxed in. Nothing is, is uh, this is the way that it is. Here's the thing. You are never allowed right here to say that's what it is and that's what it's not. Both doors are open. This is the time when you cannot say that's deception, that's truth. Because everything's on the table because he's beginning to release an aspect of the Godhead that we have not known previously. So just like when, we, okay, let me, uh, let me just do this. Okay. So we have mankind, right? And we've known this based on things that I've said that we know that mankind was created because he was appointed the ones to be able to conquer what had happened previously meaning all of Yahweh's attention is on earth and he loves earth. Okay? Okay. Abraham comes and we get introduced to Father. Right? Okay. Yeshua comes and we get introduced to Son. Okay? Now think about this in the progression of your life, okay? Think about this in the progression of your life, okay? When father here was a yes, no dad, okay? Don't do this, yes, do this. 
you'll die if you do this, don't do this. Do you not have children? And when they're young, let's just talk about this in the natural. When they're young, don't they know dad when they're toddlers as the stop it? Right? No, stop touching that. No, yes, now you do that. No, you never do that, That right? That's what they know. Then all of a sudden, they get introduced as being a son in the context of relationship of sonship. And now they get introduced to a papa or a daddy or, or a guy that actually has some likes and some dislikes and some things that, that he, that he um, right? There, there's more to his character than just stop it, right? You begin to learn your dad in a new way. I never knew you liked motorcycles. I just saw you as the guy that got me in trouble all the time, right? Or whatever. You begin to know dad and that's what was happening. Yeshua was killed on the cross because he said, I'm the son and he's my dad. And people are like, what? No, he's not. He is the father way up there that tells a group of people of what to do and what not to do. He comes in and says, no, it's personal. And they, he gets killed for it. Okay. So there's an aspect of the Godhead that got released during this age that nobody understood. They only knew him as this. He comes on the scene and begins to say, no, 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 no. I only see what I see my father doing and we're that intimate, like we talk all the time. What? We're only allowed to talk once a year and only one person's allowed to talk once a year on my behalf. I have no relationship with that guy. He tells this guy to this guy to this guy to this guy to this guy, then I do what I'm supposed to do. Right? So wouldn't that concept be demonic in the church age? <laughs> that just kind of hit me right there. <laughs> anyways. So you can kind of, well, anyways. All right. So he shows up on the scene and he begins to introduce sonship. Okay. This is the hunch that I feel is happening. I believe we've known it for a while. I think it's been released, but we're saying it in a different context tonight. If family is the answer, right? What part of the family is missing? Okay. Now, before the emails come, I'm allowed in the midst of transition to just have a conversation. Okay? Because I've been told you are absolutely deceived if you say that part of the Godhead is a female. Okay? I'm just wanting to release some things and then let's have a conversation. Okay? Okay. Uh, okay, there is a scripture, and I want to find it, but it says, I'm just going to give a couple things that I've been engaging in just to kind of, like if your box just got blown and you need to crack your neck, I'm just going to say a couple things. When Yeshua himself says, look, you blasphemy the Holy Spirit, it's unforgivable. Think about it in a family context. You can talk about dad. He can handle himself. You can probably wrestle with the son. He can also handle. But don't talk about this. That's, I won't, I won't forget that. Okay? Now. Now. 
I want to put some things into context because you guys know that I've been engaging in the Hebrew language. This word right here, just like Yahweh, okay, we could do Yahweh, Yeshua, Ruach, HaKodesh, Ruach, okay? Ruach is a feminine word in the Hebrew. The Greek, it became gender neutral. In Latin, it became male. And our translations come from Latin. So there are some things that the culture knew that we're not aware of that then the church age has been operating in. And now he's saying in this next age, right? Because the scripture where it says blasphemy, uh, if you unforgive it, it says if, uh, I need to, will you try to find that scripture? It basically says, because when Ruach is introduced in the age and the age to come, does it, is that putting some context when he says, when, when Holy Spirit, when Ruach is introduced in the age, Yeshua said it, in the age and the age to come, when Holy Spirit is really known, there's some things that he's saying that we haven't understood because we haven't really understood even what an age is. So when he says in this age and in the age to come, I'm venturing to say that there's an age to come. And there's an aspect of him that we have not been introduced to fully. Here's the revelation that I feel like I'm getting. Obviously, Yeshua left and Holy Spirit fell, right? Oh, I need, I need to read the, okay. What I'm, what I'm seeing is that when we operate in the fullness of this age, which is adoption, then what happens when I leave? Now I'm saying leave, but I'm gonna demolish that too. But if it's what's within me and then I leave, what is then released into the next age? <laughs> is that making sense? He leaves, Holy Spirit comes to empower us to walk in the fullness of this age, which is to build the temple, and, I'm in, and I'll get to that, in us. So what happens then when I leave, and then, then, then what is released is what's next. What I mean by that when I say leave is when I enter heaven. So now go back to the beginning when I said community awareness is going to turn into heaven awareness. What happens when a company of people and engage in heaven and releases something to begin to operate in the next age fully? It's a, it's a greater dimension is, is what I'm saying. It's a greater aspect. What basically what I, what I believe is happening is the fullness of Romans 8 is beginning to happen. It says all of creation is yearning for the sons of God to be made manifest. So when the sons of God are made manifest, what happened? Just think about uh, Yeshua's a blueprint. He walked the earth. What happened when he became a mature son? What, hap what happened when he manifested sonship? 
baptism. This is my son in who I am well pleased. What happened? The dove fell. So what happens when we operate in a Romans 8 and we're walking in the fullness of that adoption? We're walking in the fullness of sonship and something begins to fall like we've never known because there's a place to land that is going to introduce another age and another aspect of the Godhead that we have never seen before on this earth. Amen. So I want to read something. Okay. Oh, he just found that scripture. For this reason I say to you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven, men, but blasphemy against the Ruach will not be forgiven. Whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Ruach HaKadosh will not be forgiven, neither in this age nor in the age to come. It's just powerful when you read about the age to come because it's almost like a warning for us transitionaries or a warning for the church age that there is an aspect of a Ruach HaKadosh, the next age to come, that there is going to be something that we're going to begin to know that we're going to have to honor or have a place to land. That's what's happening during this transition is that we are, we are beginning, remember this on its side, we're, begin, we're building uh, uh, the platform within us, the temple within us, to be a mature son for Ruach HaKadosh to come and land. It landed to build the church, but what happens when the church comes to its fullness? I've talked about this before, and again, the church age would say that that's blasphemy, right? There's Ephesians, there's the gifts, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, right? For what? For the maturity of the saints. So what happens when we have mature saints? The next age is going to begin to reveal that. That's what this whole age has been, which is why it's so hard. Because if you don't know what the next age is, but you start talking a certain language, it's like, wait, what? That's all we've known. But what happens when there's maturity? What happens when we're walking in that full sonship? All of creation is yearning for the sons to be made manifest. So I believe that in this transition, we are beginning to see the fulfillment of Romans 8, where there is the maturity of the sons beginning to walk the earth, the transitionaries that are going to introduce the new age to come, where we are going to see a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to begin to see earth like we've never seen before. And we're going to begin to see the manifestation of the sons operating under the fullness of family in another dimension. And it's going to be able to release some things that's going to look a whole lot different than what we've known. So in order to, to talk that way, I have to demolish something. And I didn't want to do it. But I feel like it's time to do it. Okay. How are you, how are you guys doing? You need more money? <laughs> okay. Where are we right now? 20, 2020. You said 1850? Okay. Something got to introduce into 1850 that I believe some of you are still operating in and I want to smash it tonight. 
Now here's the thing. When I talk about this, those people from 1850 are going to tell me I'm, I'm nuts. That's all right. Yeshua was, was nuts, so the people that were about right here, they're the ones that pretty much killed him. Okay? Something got introduced in 1850 that I believe the entire church chose to adopt, and this is partly the reason why this transition is so important, and so is the next age, for what I believe is completely opposite of what we've known. But there are some things, just like evolution, that gets introduced kind of early on, and all of a sudden it just becomes the norm. And it's just what we do. But, it was, but, it's, a, but it's a new thing. Okay, so this word that I don't want to talk about is rapture. Okay, something, empty, something entered into the church in 1850 and it literally put an escape spirit on every single son. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the enemy knew that this age was coming. The fullness of the sons to walk, to create a new heaven and a new earth. And did not want us to know who we were. So it introduced this concept of rapture that basically said, just wait around. You don't need to do anything. And you'll just escape earth because you're my loved ones. That doesn't even make any sense. He created earth. Okay, so let's go to the parable about the wheat and the tares. Which one's left? The tares. Okay. We just need to have a conversation. The tares were separated out. The conversation is that I believe that what has happened is that when this got entered into the church, it began a process of dumbing down the sons of God, going in on Sunday morning, getting your shot in the arm, just need to just tort, you know, I just need to get through it. The earth is going to die. It's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. And I'll just put my head down and he'll take me when he comes. What if I said he's not coming? What if I said you're coming? Okay, now, all I'm saying is, is that this next age, operating in the fullness, is going to begin to create some things. So instead of operating like, just get me out of here, is that not opposite of what we're talking about? If I don't get at this at a root level, there's going to be a struggle every single time we meet. Because if I say we're going to ascend into heaven and we're going to get creative power because we're going to go and change the world off of inventions that he's going to show us in heaven because we're going to make the world a better place. None of you will engage in it because I'm just going to escape. I don't need to do anything. I'm going to stick my head in the sand and it'll just pass someday. And he's going to come back for a bride without spot and wrinkle. And we're going to get that way by sticking our heads in the sand and coming to church every Sunday because that's the age that said to do it. Then all of a sudden it says he's going to come, you're going to leave, and we just don't do anything. It's completely opposite of what he's asking us to do. So how do you release a word? How do you release Romans 8, the fullness of adoption, 
for all of creation is yearning for you to mature so that they can be freed from their frustration. But the church age has said, you're frustrated. You're demonized. You have a devil after you. You're the one that's frustrated. You need to get free and Yeshua will come and get you. While the trees are in agony, while Mars is freaking out, all of creation is yearning for the sons to arise and wake up so that they can be freed from their frustration. And the church said, no, you're the one that's frustrated. You're the one that's frustrated. You want to know why? Because there's a bunch of devils around. Okay. Here's some things that are going to happen in, the, in this next age. And we've talked about it, the uncreated realm. The higher up I go, the more there's no framework for that. Okay? We have lived in a church age. Now, again, I honor those that want to run the race for the end of the church age. That is awesome. I just wasn't born for that. Is that okay? <laughs> I, so, when he says things like... Warfare, rest. It puts it into context of why it's going to be rest. Okay? Because there's going to be some things that we're going to be engaging in. And this is what's so crazy. We had no problem engaging in the demonic world for years. A couple thousand. Right? <laughs> and that wasn't weird. But now if we step into the new age and we start engaging into things that are kingdom... All of a sudden, it's going to be like, that's blasphemy, just like this was too. But I do believe that there is a time coming that, there, that we are going to begin to see the manifestation of the sons that are fully operating in family in another dimension that are going to be able to co-create and be able to create what he wants to come. Okay? How are we going to do that? Let me read something, and then I'm going to explain a little bit of how I think that we're going to do that. Are you guys doing okay? Okay. My Hebraic Bible has the Tanakh, which is the Old Testament, in a different order. You guys have heard me talk about this, right? Just the revelation alone that our American version says Nehemiah, Ezra, Esther. Correct? Go ahead, check your Bibles if... if if you guys need to. That then taught us build, 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 then intimacy. But the Hebraic has said it's intimacy, then build. Intimacy, then build. We've been building a lot of buildings. Okay? And it's been awesome. It has presented the opportunity for the stair, for, for, it's presented the opportunity for us to come to full maturity. We needed the apostles and prophets to put order. We needed the, uh, you guys know, even in just the last uh, couple hundred, uh, couple, couple, the last hundred years, it was like the big teaching movement, the big prophetic movement, the big apostle movement. It was every decade there was another movement, and it was amazing. And then we entered into 2000 where it was the, all the gifts. Are you guys seeing this play? All the gifts began to operate. Why? Because mature sons start showing up on the scene. For what? To get taken out of here? Are you guys okay? 
I'm sorry, but I don't really know what you're worth in heaven. I mean, you might be a part of somebody's cloud of witnesses. You might be able to sing holy, holy. You'll get to see some things. But I mean, like, come on. I'm just saying, could we be so small in his timeline and also know how big I am that I was created to be a vessel, to be the manifestation of who he is on this earth. That's why it says on earth as it is in heaven. He's not saying on in heaven after you die, then earth doesn't even make any sense. So he was, is he not the testimony of prophecy? He was prophesying how to get there. And we've needed all this to get there. I'm not saying do not write this down. Please don't quote me and I won't even live up to it if you said I said it. (laughs) But let's just say there's another 2,100 years. Does that put a little bit of context around any kind of root of escape in you? Could it just be if I just said, I'm telling you I had an encounter 2,000 years from now and we're all still here. I'm not saying that happened, but what if I did? What if I said I had an encounter in 19, uh, sorry, 2060 and we're all still here? Would it demolish any last little bit of escape that would then say, what am I doing with my life? Because I don't want to live in the world that I know, but I've been given the power to create it. I get to change the world and I'm a transitionary. That means there's no rules. Okay, so here's what's, here's what's gonna, okay, let me just say something. Okay, now I'm gonna go back to this. So the Old Testament, right? It ends with, this is so beautiful, you guys, absolutely beautiful. And I, this is why there is so much humility and so much gratitude because only Yahweh could write our story this way. I am so humbled and so honored to be surrounded by a family that is willing to be a transitionary, willing to be the ones. This is what I wanted to speak over Flagstaff. There is an attraction coming to Flagstaff. There has been this this escape thing. And there is an attraction coming to Flagstaff. There are people that are beginning to permeate and beginning to come to a place, a city on a hill that will not be hidden, that is beginning to say, what is it that you're talking about? Why? Not because you've got some crazy revelation, but because I'm submitted to the times. Because I'm willing to step out and not keep building in an old age. But people are going to begin to wake up, right? In the next 50 years, It's just gonna naturally happen. At some point, this 200 year thing is gonna stop and the new age is gonna be fully here. Everyone's gonna be operating nutty. So it's just gonna keep, we're just gonna keep attracting. It's just gonna keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Does that make sense? Okay, so this is how beautiful Yahweh is to this family. (laughs) Our mandate up until this point has been Malachi. Everybody, if you want to, turn to the last chapter in Malachi. And it has been, the hearts of the fathers will turn to the sons, and the sons will turn to the fathers. I don't know if you guys know that, but it's a promise in the midst of a curse. Malachi, the last scripture, is an absolute curse. But but there's a promise in there. And we locked in on that promise. And we locked in on it and said, there's something about hearts of the fathers turning to the son, and the son turning to the father that's going to birth a landing place for something we've never seen before. We landed in on that, okay? Then I get this new Bible, and the order changes, and Malachi 4 is not the last scripture in the Old Testament. 
How beautiful is that? Yahweh's so good. That was the last scripture in the Old Testament. Turn to the hearts of the fathers. The fathers turn to the sons. And Matthew begins. And then our story begins. The gospel of Yeshua. Right? Okay. So, here's my Old Testament. Second Chronicles is the last book. What's your story? <laughs> okay. Second Chronicles. <laughs> All right, Second Chronicles. Here's the last scripture. Oh my gosh, you guys. I don't even know what this means. I'm just going to release it because I don't understand it. But I believe that it's a, it is a prophecy. It's talking about a temple that is going to be built. Okay? In you. Okay? Now in the first year of King Cyrus of Persia, fulfilling the word of Adonai by the mouth of Jeremiah, Adonai stirred up the spirit of King Cyrus of Persia so that he sent a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and also put it in writing saying, thus says King Cyrus of Persia, Adonai, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth. He has appointed me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah, whoever among you of all his people may go up and may Adonai, his God, be with him. The last scripture before the good news, the Besorah, the last scripture basically says that there is a temple that is going to be built. It's going to be in you. And if you come up here, may Adonai be with you. Do you see a shift happening all around? There was this whole age of allowing us the opportunity of the sons to turn to the father and the father to turn to the sons to understand the fullness of Yeshua. For us to be able to operate in a come up here place as it is on, in heaven, on earth, to operate there that he would be with us. That is the beginning of the good news. Talk about a 90 degree shift. He just kind of like shifted our mandate. Adoption is gorgeous. Adoption is the foundation. Adoption is absolutely necessary. What do you do after you're adopted? You get, you get raised up and you produce. You multiply, right? Meaning adoption's not the end of the story. That's all I'm saying. Adoption's not the end of the story. And could I venture that that is the end of this age and part of that transition, right? Even crazy things seven years ago when we said things like, can we move from church member to um, family? Remember that? That was just spiritually the beginning of this open cosmic door that said, will you begin to hear the heart of Yahweh that says that there's something more and you're building and transitioning into something for something that's going to come. Amen? I'm, um, Okay, I do want to talk about producers, and then we'll probably end with that. Are you guys doing okay? So before we were consumers, then you get adopted, and you become a producer. 
What I mean by that is, is where I believe that we're going, when I say instead of community awareness, we're going to be doing heaven awareness. When I'm saying that, I'm saying we need to begin to practice that come up here place together so we can truly become producers. Because no longer are you going to come here and just consume, but we're going to come and we're going to begin to produce. But we don't want to produce from this age. I don't want to pull from this age and do sacrifices over here or whatever might be crazy. It might be meetings. No more meetings, right? I mean, 400 years from now, they might be, can you believe that those sheep all got in one building and they had meetings every week? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen when we begin to operate in the fullness under the family of God. When you get introduced to Ruach HaKadosh, trust me, everything changes. Yes? All I'm saying is it's easy for me to identify with this. It's easy for me to identify with this. But this and all of it together... It's just gonna, it's gonna be a whole, it's, it's gonna be a whole new thing. So when I talk about production, what I'm saying is, is that we have to replace rapture theory, right? With something that's different, right? Because it does say that the earth will pass away, right? It will, but not maybe in the way that we thought. So if you are to co-create, this all goes back to identity. If I'm called to co-create, there is something coming what I want to get you excited about and the reason why I want to practice about engaging heaven is because there is something that's coming. It's actually already been here, but something happens when we begin to operate in, when we co-create with him, right? So there's an aspect of even just breath. I'm talking about manifested sons of God that begin to operate from a come up here place that begins to go, and something changes, okay? Everything that he creates is, uh, well, I think I, do, I think I do wanna go down this road. Everything that he creates has two aspects to it. It works and it's beautiful. Everything he creates, it works and it's beautiful. Here's what's happened. In the last 400 years, we've adopted science and industry movement that has been focused solely on it works, but not that it's beautiful. And we're beginning to see the fullness of that where our earth is inundated with things that are not necessarily from heaven. But it is going to take a remnant of people that are willing to be transitionaries to walk in that, to, be, to begin to push open the cosmic door of the new age, to be able to operate in a place where we can ascend into heaven and begin to see. Jacob talked about the corridors and the matrix. Could I venture to say that the matrix is Yeshua himself? That there's an aspect of death. We've known it one-dimensional. He died, he rose. But there was a matrix of operating deaths that he went through to be able to give us access. And we believe that we have full access. What happens when we begin to practice in that full access? You're going to begin to see some things. He's going to begin to see, he's going to uh, begin to give you, um, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to say this. Let me say this, and I got this from uh, 
somebody that I was watching, I'm not necessarily aware of this, but what he said was, was previous to 400 years, every single culture, every single religion, it was across the board, every single person believed that everything that was in nature was a being. That wasn't abnormal. Nothing was inanimate. Is inanimate the right word? Nothing was an inanimate dead thing. It was a spirit, it was a being. It was something to engage with. It was something that was alive. Stars were alive, trees were alive, the wind was alive. You can hear it in the scriptures. He causes the winds to be angels. Sometimes we think angels are just these, you know, they all look the same way and they're all just saying holy. And what if there's an angel in that tree? I'm talking about a realm that is so close to you, it is not necessarily something that you have to obtain. So the matrix, Jacob was talking about doors. There's endless doors to open and begin to explore and begin to engage with. So when I say it works and it's beautiful, there's an aspect to creation that is gonna begin to give us some answers on what earth is gonna look like. That new Jerusalem. He's going to begin to show you what that looks like, and he's going to give you the blueprint of how to create it. So when I say community awareness night, doesn't that just kind of be like, he's just changing some things. Because here's what's gonna happen. I want, I want to raise a group of sons and daughters who will begin to activate the engagement with a realm where we begin to create some things that changes the world. Well, the only way to do that is to begin to practice. So what this looks like and what I just wanna release over you is that do we, let me just ask you this. Do we believe that we co-create, that we co-labor with him and that we have the ability to create? Yes, okay. That means when he said that he did, uh, he created and then he rested, he didn't just stop. He just stopped with what he had done. But he's still always creating and he's creating through us. Science is starting to line up with that. I remember in school and it was like, we have one galaxy. Now you can Google it and there are trillions and it just keeps growing and growing and growing. Could I say something as crazy? It's because you guys keep breathing. Okay, what I want to break off all of us, at least for me, this was a big deal. I did not know how to encounter or engage another realm because I was told that my imagination was witchcraft, that I was not allowed to use my imagination. Is this abnormal or is this something that everyone has been told? Yes? It is abnormal. You weren't told that. Anyone else told that, that imagination was a bad thing? Yes? No? I am so thankful to hear no. No? Oh, this is going to be easy. Well, that's awesome because I definitely don't want to minister from my place. But for me, I was told that if you begin to engage and encounter and imagine seeing Yeshua, you could be deceived because it doesn't line up with the word. Now you're starting to make things up and you can't add to the word, so don't do it. So for me, it was a hard thing to begin to imagine because every single time I would go into an encounter, I'd be like, is it in Psalms? I just saw a cloud. Are there clouds in the Bible? 
I didn't know if I could see what I was seeing. And I didn't know if I had permission to just let loose. I didn't know if I had permission to just question, what does your world look like? What do you look like? What do you smell like? I didn't know that I could do that. Because if it didn't line up with the word, it's not allowed. So let me, I, I do, I know you said not to do this, but I am going to do this. What if this is not the final say? Okay, now, hear me. Remember, sacrifices were holy, and then they weren't. <laughs> this was holy, and then it might not be. <laughs> now, hear what I'm saying when I say this. All I'm saying is, is that could this be an introduction? It's in English. Could this be an introduction love letter to a relationship that is endless? All I'm saying is, is that your encounter with him does not need to be found on page 792 because what's on 792 might not even be what he said. What I am saying is that this is alive, but it's actually... I'm not saying it's this, but the Hebrew language is what's alive. So when he says that the word became flesh, he was talking about his word. He was talking about his language, his letters. His letters are beings. They're alive. So when it says that the word it comes into you, all I'm saying is, is that there's more than just this in the sense that the Hebrew language itself, the language that he spoke, that Yahweh spoke, that language is what gets put in you. So, so it would be like as if I had the Hebrew alphabet right here. Okay, if this was the Hebrew alphabet, all I want is that to be like in me. Whereas in this age, it was this needed to be in me. But now what's happened is as I'm starting to get revelations about who wrote this, and it was a man who interpreted. And then it was a language, it was Hebrew, and then it was Greek, and then it was Latin, and then it was French, and then, it, and then English. We're losing some things. So all I'm saying is, is if this is the introduction to a beautiful love story, could it be that we could be a company of people that would begin to just practice and step our, step our feet in and be, begin to engage in some things? So when I say things like, like the tree is alive, now that is in the scripture. What just Yeshua walked crazy, right? But I'm just saying, now, now don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that we're supposed to be venturing into heaven and that you don't plumb line against some kingdom principles. Right? We all have been raised to maturity where we've got some plumb lines in our life. Fruits of the Spirit. Love, peace, joy, righteousness. Right? That doesn't mean that you just go frolicking around. And meaning we need to be fully aware that deception is possible, but we don't need to be so focused on it that we're so scared that we never operate into the, into the next age. I'm not dismissing the fact that that's real, but I'm not going to focus on it because I trust the process that he's brought us through, that we've got some plumb lines in our life. But at the same time, I want to release us that in through those plumb lines, we are allowed to practice. So when I say practice, this is what I'm envisioning. Uh, next week, we're just going to start. Okay? I will probably release a little, and then we're going to practice stepping into that come up here place where Adonai is going to be with us. And uh, I believe that he already has, he has set the tone 
he, uh, I don't want to even say this at the tone, but there is a place or a scene that he has given me to release. I'm going to release that scene over you guys, and we're just going to begin to ask some questions. And as we do, I'm going to have you answer, you guys are going to answer those questions. Right? So we're going to begin to practice. What I mean by that is Missy opened up and she said that she was in the crevice of the palm of his hand. That was a really cool launching pad. I cannot wait to go home and be like, can I please see inside your hand? We're going to begin to practice from one another. We're going to begin to see some things because we're all different. So if I said something like, um, this is the scene, here's where we all are, it would be a matter of saying, where are you seated in that scene? And then you would raise your hand and you're going to say, oh, I'm sitting on the rock way over here. And we're going to begin to start to uh, see a full picture by operating off of what other people are seeing, smelling, tasting. Now, I'm just going to ask this plainly and you're loud. Are any of you like, that's weird? A little bit. Anyone else? Yes? No, not that he comes in and out of time. Uh, other religions, like higher power, Will, you'll see them begin to show up in this timeline, but never in the, it's always in the middle. They never come during that open window when you can introduce stuff. So you can, you can start to see how they're off because they, they'll come in, they're introduced into uh, the middle of an age under Yahweh. It doesn't line up. Yes. Yes, I believe that the last 6,000 years has been the redemption of man, which is why I'm venturing that could the next, like I said, I'm not going to claim it if I say it, but the next 6,000 years is going to be the dominion of man. Well, for, so for next week... Right, right. So yeah, let me let me say this. So again, this is this is let's have some conversations because I am I am not a a, a revel. Here's something crazy. Here's something super crazy. There was a guy that I was listening to and he said something so bold and I was like, Rrr. he goes, if you're a mature son, revelations is irrelevant to you. If if you're operating in this, what we're talking about, revelations is irrelevant to you. There's, well, anyways, huh? It, absolutely, absolutely. So those that are operating in the rapture and all that kind of stuff, it could be very relevant to some because it is definitely describing a thing. But if he's shown us a different way, you're at the end of that age though. <laughs> and this is what's so amazing about going back to the Hebrew mindset, right? Because what he's talking about is Greek is black, white. It needs to be linear and it needs to make sense. Hebrew mindset says that it's circular and that there's multiple perspectives and there's layers upon layers. And it also uh, is cyclical. So if you think about where we're going, we're going back to the beginning. So when I say that a new heaven and a new earth is going to be created, what you're going to be creating is the garden. That's where we started. So could it be that there's an aspect on earth where we would begin to see the Garden of Eden begin to permeate? Yes. 
actually begin to, and Shirley is going like this with a smile that's like, finally, she's getting it, which is awesome. <laughs> she's like, so, so, and in the Garden of Eden, there's not telephone wires and, and the things that are not beautiful, but work. And so there's some things that are going to begin to come out of this realm that are going to be beautiful and they're going to work and it's going to be supernatural and it's going to release us into the cool of the day where we can walk like we walked before the serpent. So what I, what I wanted to get at though, as far as uh, next week, I want to make sure that you guys understand when I say practice, this is this is like fundamental. We're just kind of having fun in a nature scene. Here's why. That is practice because as sons of Yahweh, you will get to the point where when Missy's in the palm of his hand or Jacob's opening up a door, he's going to find himself in a courtroom. And all of a sudden, he's going to get the court case to some sex addiction. Or he's going to get some court cases to sex trafficking. And, he, and it's going to get put in his hands. And you're always going to say, now I need you to legislate. I need you to legislate from a seat, a different position. I need you to be seated from a different position. I need you to be operating in the fullness of family from a different position at the table. There's some blueprints that are coming that you're going to begin to legislate. And you need to be mature enough to be able to legislate onto this earth. And it's going to start start with us practicing because if you can't see yourself on a rock enjoying you know the 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 uh, for me anyways it's a super weird grin that he has if I'm not able to understand that I'm not going to literally know how to read the paper he's going to begin to give me some paperwork and if I haven't practiced my spiritual eyes I'm not going to be able to know how to read the paperwork so I know how to legislate from what he's saying if you don't know how to hear his voice from that realm how are you going to know what he's saying as a judge so that you can begin to go and activate what he says because you're the one that's going to go and activate the things that he says in his courtroom he's going to begin to say go here go do that I'm putting this in your hands we won't be able to know how to do that if we can't at least start to practice corporately what it is that he wants us to operate in right so when I say changing earth there's some assignments that are coming in that may not be changing the community I mean it will but I think it's a lot bigger than we thought okay when we talk about root level type things, I'm talking about things that he's going to, he's going to release to us. There's, you guys okay? It's just like I've said before, there's no healing ministry in heaven. So what happens when you begin to engage with him and he starts to show you what totally healed feels like and looks like and then he says, now go and dispense that. You won't be able to dispense that if you have not practiced with that. That makes sense. I also believe that there's an aspect for you personally, for you know, for us to be able to practice obviously personally, but just like the church age built a company of people to have some awesome programs, I believe what's coming is a company of people are going to begin to legislate where two or three are gathered in a heavenly place and we're going to get some things done. Meaning I could keep teaching and I could keep sending you home and saying, make sure you have a personal relationship. Make sure you're engaging. Make sure you have those encounters. Well, I believe that meetings are going to be null and void because we're not going to be doing so much consuming, but we're going to be doing some producing. And we're going to be producing because you've been in it and you're going to be like, I saw this. And all of it, you know, maybe the first couple times, maybe for a couple years, <laughs> we might just be frolicking around in the river of life. 
And that's okay. We've got 200 years of transition to figure this out. That's okay. But eventually, there's going to be some things that are going to begin to come that are going to be a whole lot more than just the river of life. There's going to be some assignments that he's going to begin to give to us. And we have to know how to be able to operate in that. Right? There's, there's protocols. Right? You wouldn't walk in America and just walk in any courtroom and be like, I declare and I decree. We need to be careful. That's why I said this could turn, it could feel like it's religion because there's some protocols that are going to need to happen. There's some cleanliness that needs to happen. There's some holiness that needs to happen. Gabby's been talking about that straight and narrow. There's some things that are going to need to happen within our lives to keep us in that mature place, keep us seated to be able to be approved to handle those type of assignments. So I just want to preface that just come, we're going to have fun. There isn't going to be some crazy legislating assignment that you're going to get. Maybe. But for now, we're just going to practice corporately, ascending to that place, practicing the come up here place together to be able to push us into this next age. Amen? Did I accomplish the two goals? Do you feel small and so big at the same time? Right? And do you have some context to everything that's happening as to why he's moved us in the way that he has? Okay? And that this isn't just a made-up timeline. This all lines up with uh, um, constellations. I could just say it really quick. This was, this is Aquarius. This is Pisces. Pisces is a fish, right? Think about this. Two fish. Mankind, Taurus. This was the bull. Sacrifice. Pisces, fish. Aquarius. How many of you guys have heard that I jumped into the ocean with no boundaries? Anyways, it's amazing how his times begin to line up and it's not some crazy prophetic revelation. We're just following the seasons and the times. Amen? Okay. Are your boxes blown up? just Just to conclude real quick, we had mentioned Joshua and Caleb in the beginning, and it's easy to look at what they were deciding to enter into or not from this perspective. It's easy to look back on that decision that was being made for the nation. But now we're literally finding ourselves in, in a situation where somebody's witnessing something and coming back and reporting about it about this next stage that we're called to enter into. So now I want you to consider, just like Joshua and Caleb, we now, having heard about this next place that we're supposed to go, we now are in the situation where we have to make a decision, right? Because the majority, biblically, 86% of us in this room, let's just say, are like, nah, that's crazy. We're not going to do that. We're going to go back. We're going to stay right here right i just that that's the magnitude of what's happening it's easy for us to look back because we see what they were entering into at this point we don't see what we're entering into apostle paul in romans 8 says that the future glory of manifested sons is what hope is about and hope of what you can see isn't hope at all we can't see what's happening here but we have to make the decision. A decision is being presented. Are you going to go through the door or not? Or are you going to say, no, nah, it's too much. I'm going to stay right here. Amen.
Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.